Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 273 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? I'm good. Hello, Dave. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. It's nice to have you back on again. So uh, it's been a few weeks since you've been up. What have you been up to? It has. Um, strangely, I haven't actually been watching that much. So it's been quite busy at work. Uh, I'm just crawling towards a bit of annual leave coming up so mm-hmm. um, I can start getting back into things. I've watched a few things, but I've realized now because TV's getting back to normal, um, I'll tell you later, I've been watching a lot of the routine weekly things. So I've yeah. not like binging big series. Um, a couple of series that I managed to finish over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the first was the Anna Kendrick anthology theories on BBC Love Life. Um, oh, I'm not yes. sure. Yes, I think I, you previewed it. I, yeah, I'm I'm aware of it. I knew it was on. I haven't actually watched any of it yet, though. So uh, is it any good? Do you know what? I really like it. It's told in the story of you're going to find out who her person is that she falls for right. uh, through 10 chapters of people that really impact her life life in becoming to to learn who she falls in love with it's actually a really really nice sort of storytelling the episodes are 25 to 30 minutes long um and it's just yeah it's her this character's life and what she who she interacts with and i'm really excited that it's going to be coming back in the future because that means with an anthology we're probably going to get a new star who will head up the series and you learn about their um sort of journey and it's just a really original simple idea and told really well and I, you know, I, I really rate it and I would recommend you go out and watch it. And the most bizarre fact is the narrator is Leslie Manville oh. of Harlots and Mum and, you know, great British actress. Yeah, she yeah. provides the entire narration and she, she talks about Anna Kendrick's character as if she's the voice. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, so I would definitely recommend that if you want that bit of 30 minute uh, American drama. And I think I said it on the last podcast, what BBC two are bringing to iPlayer at the moment from America is really good. That There's some really good, strong content um, coming off the back of Aquafina is Nora from Queens, which I talked about on the previous podcast. Really, really strong. Yeah, the BBC yeah. three pickups, the, the American pickups have been really interesting. The, the stuff they're just kind of buying for iPlayer because um, it's it, not until the lockdown thing happened did they start really doing that and yeah. it seems to be going quite well for them. They've picked up some really interesting little shows that have slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Pre- I know they 
they started quite like probably about two years ago when they started with better things, didn't they? With this new Fox acquisition, like we got better things and shrill and some of these little ones coming through. But I read an article apparently the the acquisition manager of BBC is really tapping into who they want to get onto iPlayer to sort mm. of bring the Netflix style viewers and and some of the things I, I totally agree they're really manageable chunks. The iPlayer has the really good resume watching function, yeah. and so those things are really consumable. So yeah, that's my recommendation, and you know pushing towards iPlayer. Um, the other series I finally finished. I know it was uh, I'm a little bit slow. Released much earlier in lockdown. I finished the Politician season two. Yes, I I um, got a couple of episodes through season one, and then other things got in the way, and I never mm. went back to it. But yes, it's a cheesy, really saccharine. You know, it is what it is. It's um, felt a little rushed. I know no. there's a lot of comments about how quickly season two appeared. Um, it's got um, it Bette Midler yeah. is obviously one of the the key stars of season two. I enjoyed it. It's not oh my, you must watch this before you yeah, die yeah. sort of thing. It's not one of those programs. Season three is coming. I can see how they've developed into season three already. They've left it on a little bit of a hang up. Um, so you know, I might watch it if it comes up. But uh, the episodes were short, sweet. The and the series was shorter than expected. I think it came in at seven episodes in the end. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are things I finished. Uh, I was I realised I've been getting into like a procedural Sunday. <laughs> I get uh, I get in on a Sunday and I just sort of work my way through an episode of all the procedurals that we've got at the moment, like FBI, Most Wanted, Nine One One, Lone Star. Yeah. Um, I sort of do an episode a week, and that's where I mentioned earlier that I'm into these this sort of process where I'm just picking up weekly episodes, so I'm not binging. And and then you put that with the British stuff that we've got going on at the moment. So um, I watched Great British Bake Off. I watched Taskmaster. Have I got news for you, Russell Howard? All these weekly shows are just filling up my time. Whereas during lockdown, I think I was binging a lot more and could go through all those series. Uh, it's just the nature of, of of the change as we're coming out of um, uh, no well. Obviously, we have a lot of dramas in lockdown in different parts of the country. But as we're sort of getting back to where more production of television is yes. is finding safe ways to go ahead, there's more TV to watch again. So, um, yeah, I've been quite busy, but not completing anything. Uh, yeah. So that's my update. Um, Dave, what have you been watching? Well, second episode of Star Trek Discovery came out. And as we were talking a little bit about last week, it is sort of the flip side of, uh, you know, the season two ends for reasons that I won't go into with them going into the future. And the opening episode was all based around Michael the second episode as I suspected is based around the crew of the Discovery who came through separately after her so Michael arriving for episode one and then the crew arriving for episode two really interesting uh, we had a discussion a bit last week about whether it is still Star Trek at this point because it has changed quite a lot I think there was more of the feel of Star Trek in this episode because you were dealing with the whole crew rather than just one character uh but uh yeah i'm still very very much enjoying it i think it's a really interesting direction they've gone in with this series and now it's pulled it out of being stuck in the middle of an established timeline and now it's kind of pulled out and it's kind of allowed to do its own thing a bit more i'm really interested to see where they're going with it they're already starting to shoot season four so long may it continue i i'm really really enjoying that and uh, i'm looking forward to the other shows that they've got coming up as well 
like, you know, second season of Picard and Strange New Worlds and all that. But uh, yeah, they're doing a great job with the show. It's really interesting and different and it has its own little nice niche in the Star Trek universe, I think. Roadkill, I've caught up with this. Have you watched any of this? I've read some great reviews. I haven't. This is one of those things that's come up on my suggested to watch. And I do love Hugh Laurie. Um, I, I'm still trying to finish Harlot season two. And right. I think so when I finish that, I might go and watch this because I've, I've read great things about it. Yeah, it is really good. It's written by David Hare, who was the writer of Collateral. Stars Hugh Laurie as Peter Lawrence, who is this sort of self-made conservative. Uh, well, he's technically he's conservative, but he's kind of libertarian. So kind of um, an interesting character because he's kind of funny and bullish and quite sort of quirky and he's more kind of bucking the system sort of guy. But he also has a lot of skeletons in his closets as well. So he plays this very charismatic guy. He starts off as being Minister for Transport. He gets shifted into a different position. There are things going on with his family. There's an affair. There is things going on with his daughter and uh, in the very first episode you find out that he may or may not have a daughter which he never even knew about as well um, he's just come off winning this libel case and he's managed to beat the newspaper but the reporter that was in charge of uh, that is sort of starting to fight back despite the fact that they lost the case as well it's almost House of Cardsian in the sort of there's this web of things going on which feels like it could collapse at any moment but it is also got a lovely humour to it as well as this sort of mystery and intrigue going on it's a great cast of characters uh, Hugh Laurie Helen McCrory from Peaky Blinders and that sort of stuff uh, you've Ian de Casteca from, from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yeah as well who is great and plays the sort of aid to uh, Hugh Laurie's character and he's brilliant in this as well so it, it's a really really good set of uh, people involved with it and uh, well well worth watching it's on its second episode although they are all up on iPlayer if you want to go and binge your way through them but I'm, I'm doing that weekly at the moment carry on going with that Billions returned with its first two episodes as well not really much to say about this other than it's pretty much a continuation of what it was before it picks up where they left off with Axe Cap and Taylor Mason ending up having to kind of merge into one group at Taylor's dismay more than anything else it's as brilliant as it ever was it's exactly the same sort of thing as we've seen on the previous seasons um i i really really love that series i think it's really solid and thoroughly worth watching i uh, also started catching up on um, line of duty season five talking about iplayer stuff hey. because i realized because i watched the others on netflix and they've only got the four seasons and then i realized that the fifth season was actually still on iplayer as well so uh, i've been watching that on iplayer and i'm a few episodes into that that's the uh, Stephen Graham one and it's yeah. just phenomenal I'm really really enjoying that uh, the other thing I watched this week though uh, Truth Seekers which is due out later on in the week but because I've been doing interviews and press with some of the people involved I had a preview of the entire season I didn't watch the entire season I only watched the first episode the reason being if you've ever had a preview tape of something when they send the links through to you they put your email address across the middle of it as a watermark to make sure you're not going to take photos of the screen and you know post them online and all that sort of stuff which is great and I entirely get that the watermark for this was so intrusive though it was right across the middle of the screen and huge 
<laughs> and I was like, I watched the first episode of it and I thought, well, yeah, because I was interviewing, I actually interviewed Malcolm McDowell for it. And uh, that interview is up on the website if you want to go and read that. But I actually only watched the first episode because I'm like, I, I'm really enjoying this, but I don't want to watch the whole thing with a massive watermark across the middle of it, which really, really distracting. First episode's great though. It's the new show from Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, although Nick Frost is, is more the main character. Simon Pegg basically turned up at the end and did all, all his work in about four days, apparently. So um, Nick Frost plays a installer of kind of sky type equipment. He's sort of a broadband installer, but has this side gig, has a YouTube channel, which is a sort of side gig hunting ghosts, basically. And there are sort of paranormal things going on. And it's him and he sort of starts to form this team of people around him that help him go on this sort of interesting journey. And as they go through the series, they end up realising that there is far more at stake than just them hunting ghosts. And there is potentially an apocalypse on the way. So, you know, it's the standard thing with uh, Peg and Frost of it always ends up in an apocalypse at some point. <laughs> um, what, what channel is that going to be on, Dave? That is, it's a uh, Amazon Prime original. That's okay. it will be on Amazon Prime. It comes out later this week. I'll, you'll get the date at the end of the show when we do the list, but uh, it comes out later this week. It is well, well worth watching, though. I really enjoyed it. It's very funny. Malcolm McDowell plays Nick Frost's dad. Simon Pegg is actually playing the boss of the broadband company where he's an installer so uh, and has a spectacular wig as well in this as well. So, yeah, it's, but it's very, very funny. There's some wonderful people involved in it. Um, I, and I would urge you to go and watch it because it is brilliant, particularly if you like Peg and Frost. It is um, well, well worth going to see. Fantastic. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups as ever. Cancellations, well, not so much a show as an entire network. Yeah. <laughs> as, as you probably may have seen, Quibi, which was the streaming service, has announced that they are closing on the 1st of December. Now, we've mentioned Quibi a few times before. Uh, if you've not come across it, it's no great surprise because it, it didn't release to a huge amount of fanfare over here. But the unique selling point of Quibi was it is designed for what they call quick bites of stories, which is where the Quibi name comes from. It's a sort of amalgamation of quick bites. So each episode of the show is only around eight, ten minutes long. And the theory being that people could, you know, if they had a spare five minutes, you know, if they were going to the bathroom and took their phone with them, or if they're waiting for a bus, or, you know, if they're at the gym, whatever it was, they could catch little ten minute episodes of really decent high quality drama and they broke them down into these little episodes and uh you know you could you could just kind of watch through them as you wish they came up with this idea as a premise and it's just not worked well there's a pandemic as well well <laughs> that yeah really I mean, did affect some of their core focus didn't it for marketing yeah i mean they have a 
few different things which have affected it. I mean, I'm sure it's something that the entire industry will comb through in detail over the next few months. But um, I mean, they weren't lacking in content because some of the stuff on no. there was brilliant. I mean, Most Dangerous Game I thought was superb. That was Liam Hensworth and Christoph Waltz. And uh, it was, I think it's an adaptation of a book, I think. But that I thought was brilliant. And it's called a series, but essentially, I mean, most series are, are basically movies chopped into pieces, most of those dramas. There was uh, Survive, which starred uh, Sophie Turner and Corey Hawkins. I thought that was superb. The Fugitive, which was Boyd Holbrook and Kiefer Sutherland. That was brilliant. Um, Freeway Shaw as well, which I haven't actually watched, but I mean, it stars Lomaris Fishburne and took home two Emmys. So, I mean, they had a whole bunch of things nominated for Emmys in short form categories as well. So really wasn't short of decent content. So that was never the issue. Number of factors working against it. One, as you say, the pandemic, because it's designed as something you could watch when you're out and about and had a spare few moments and they launched it in April. And you're like, so the entire premise of it was that you could do it when you're out waiting for a bus or you're queuing somewhere or you're on the tube or something like that. And the entire world is locked away indoors. So that was their first problem. Second issue, I think, was there was very little flexibility in it because you've now got this issue that they've launched this platform when people are at home. But when they launched it, you couldn't watch it on a TV. You could only watch it on your phone. You couldn't even use the built-in throw to your Chromecast or use screen mirroring or anything on it. So even if you were going to watch it at home, you had to watch it on a phone or a tablet. You couldn't watch it on your big 50-inch TV that was sat in your lounge, which Mm. was a major issue. And they did fix that eventually and allow screencasting. And they have actually, like, literally the day before they made this announcement that they were shutting, they launched an app for things like Apple TV and that sort of stuff. But very much too little, too late, I think, by that point. Yeah, They had a, a weird pricing strategy as well. I know we've talked about it before yeah. in terms of you're paying the equivalent of Netflix in the UK for it. And I think that's part of their problem. And I'm not sure if it was on a, a podcast with you or Matt. I get a tech email every so often and they were actually trying to sell the platform first. So they put themselves up for sale Mm. um, and obviously it hasn't happened and so now the big question is who's going to get their content or has the deal been made and we don't know about it we find out in December because this this is the the ridiculous thing and yes as you have said the pricing structure for it was a major issue the pricing structure for the entire platform was $7.99 in the UK and you can get a basic Netflix package for $5.99 so at the two what are you gonna go for you know exactly (laughs) i mean it was just really badly priced and i mean you can get amazon prime for 7.99 and that not only deliveries in that yeah and you get deliveries in that that you can get now tv for 9.99 so i mean there's only really out of all the streaming platforms there's only now tv which was more expensive and you can get deals on now tv as well yeah and now tv hats off they've just offered me a 2.99 for another six months well there you go exactly so i'm winning with them at the moment i'm so glad i left sky for them yeah you well i mean you say left sky for them it's the same company just different ends of it but yeah so that to me was the major problem i mean yes they were affected by the pandemic yes they were affected by the technology because it wasn't set up to stream to tv but ultimately the price the price was ludicrous for what Mm. it was and that was always going to be an issue when it comes to the content i did read a report that saying quibi don't own any of the content (laughs) 
which is so a the, major oh. oversight. So it all belongs to, in most cases, I mean, maybe not in every case, but an awful lot of cases, the shows belong to the people that make them, not Quibi themselves. So yes, there is a good possibility that you may see some of these things pop up on other services, but it sounds like a lot of them are owned by the individual production companies that made them, which seems like a massive oversight on their part, in all honesty. But it does mean that you might end up seeing a form of the fugitive pop up somewhere else. I mean, you know, whether it's a longer form, whether it's, I mean, because you're not going to get them in this format again, I don't think. No. But you might get a fugitive made for TV or made for streaming movie. You might get a most dangerous game made for streaming movie because essentially they're the same length. So mm. that might be one way of doing it. You might get some of these expanded into longer series. That's the other possibility. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know at the moment. Well, another victim of 2020. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, literally as well, because it has only been running slightly over six months. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I did use it, particularly Nish Kumar had a show on there called Hello America, which is on twice a week. And I really enjoy that show. He's very, very funny. I've been watching that. But to be honest, apart from the shows we've just mentioned, those are the only things I really watched on it. So, you know, it's a shame because it was an interesting idea. It just fell flat on its face. So, uh, yes, that is now gone or will be going by the 1st of December anyway. So uh, it will be nice to see maybe something like Netflix or one of the other streaming services pick up some of the things like The Fugitive and like Most Dangerous Game and restructured them into a full-blown film and put them out that way. I think that will be the way to do it. Moving on to other things which have been cancelled away, which was that series about travelling to Mars. One of the many series that have been recently about the travelling to Mars. That was the Netflix show. They've cancelled that after one season. Which I think is a bit of a shame. It starred Hillary Swank and I quite enjoyed it. I thought the first season was quite good. It seems basically to have been a viewing figures versus cost of the series more than anything else. Very quick cancellation from Netflix as well. It's, it's only just been released. Normally you wait at least six months. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very fast turnaround. I mean, 4th of September that came out. So it's literally you know, slightly over a month since it came out and they've cancelled it. Whether that was because they were asking whether they could go back into production or I mean, I don't know, but um, whether the numbers just weren't there, I'm not sure. But it adds to the pile of things that Netflix have cancelled this year, which include things like Altered Carbon, Glow, The Society, I Am Not Okay With This, Teenage Bounty Hunters, Dark Crystal, that series has gone as well. So there's been a huge sway of things that mm. they've uh, cut down this year, not to mention the things that are coming to end like Sabrina and that sort of stuff. Still sad about Glow. Still sad about Glow. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people sad about Glow. I mean, Glow, out of all the things they cancelled, Glow was particularly the one that I understood because whilst it was viable as a series, there is just absolutely no way they can film it at the moment and you can't keep everybody on contract indefinitely you know yeah so it's good on them for paying their cast though just to say that that's good of them yeah it is real shame they couldn't i mean there's just no way at the moment when you're dealing with a wrestling series you can film it right now it's just it would be too dangerous so i'm sad to see away go away (laughs) Um, (laughs) the thing is as well that show was pretty much set up very well for a netflix series because it could have run for three seasons you could have had one of season 
season of them getting to Mars, one season of them on Mars, and one season of them getting home again. Three seasons in and out, done. But I mean, clearly too expensive to do. And if you were going to set the second season on Mars, that would have only made it even more expensive, I guess. Um, and the the third one isn't so much a cancellation, but more a confirmation of what we kind of already knew. Mindhunter is not returning for another season anytime soon, if ever. This has been David Fincher. He was talking in an interview about, you know, he's the man behind it. He was talking in an interview about the show and basically said that they had the budget cut back a bit for the second season. They don't think they could have cut it back even more. It's quite an expensive show to produce because if you think about it, it is a period piece and I suspect there is an awful lot of invisible VFX work in that show that you don't notice on screen because of the fact it is a period piece. He's basically said he needed a break. It was all consuming, so he wanted a little break from it. Netflix agreed. Netflix have said, you know, it might be something that we maybe come back to in a few years, but at the moment, no, they're not going to do it. So it's a real shame. I'd like them to bring it back maybe in a movie format or something like that because I think it was a solid series. We already kind of knew that was going because they'd released all the cats from their contracts. So that's that's a shame. But it was a great show. I don't know whether you ever saw that, but it was really good. I definitely watched season one. I never got around to season two and then he released the story that it wasn't coming back. So I think I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to get involved in that one just in case I I like it too much. So yeah, I never watched season two. Season two's worth watching. It's a good little self-contained story as well there are obviously teasers throughout it which they did with the first season of kind of trying to set things up for a potential third season but it is worth watching definitely in terms of renewals they announced that staged the brilliant and wonderful michael sheen and david tennant comedy is going to return for a second season which was a bit of a surprise because that was billed as a limited thing you know it was created in lockdown the idea premise behind it was versions of michael sheen and david tennant were supposed to be doing a play in the West End and they'd all got furloughed because of the pandemic so they were trying to do the rehearsals on Zoom and it was one of the funniest if not the funniest comedy I've seen so far this year. I thought it was absolutely hilarious and just wonderful. It's actually on Netflix and apparently the Netflix version is slightly longer than the BBC version as well. They've added some extra bits in. It's on Netflix and it's on iPlayer as well but I'm so happy they're coming back with the second season for that because i thought it was brilliant just amazing same people involved as well so channel four have renewed stathlet's flats for a third season which given the fact that it took home a bunch of baftas i don't think that's a great surprise to anybody um no yeah that's a good good result as well yeah for them i think it was matt that i was talking to just after the BAFTA awards we were somewhat surprised by the amount of baftas that it took away because i mean i've not seen it at all matt's watched a few episodes of it and sort of says some of it's quite funny some of it he doesn't get at all I was quite shocked because I mean it was beating things like Fleabag in categories yeah. it's, it's definitely an acquired taste I think I'll say I mean I, I enjoy it but I definitely know there's enough people saying I just do not get it how can this beat some of the things it was up against and I get that there's a lot of frustration I suppose sometimes that's down to our British ways of what we think is funny and this yeah. has got a niche humour to it and you know many years ago you would never catch me watching something like the league of gentlemen because i never got that or yeah. uh, yet you know some people found it funny and it is all about taste and this one it is very you have to 
like that style of humor so mm. and and it's got yeah quite a niche audience i should give it a go and you know hats off to them for doing three seasons and doing so well at the baftas you know that that was great but uh, yeah that is coming back for a third season i don't think it's a great surprise to anybody also renewed archer that's coming back for a 12th season still going i i've never seen that either but uh, i know there's a huge fan base for that and um miracle workers they officially announced that it was renewed for a third season this week although we kind of already knew that because it had popped up as having been awarded california tax credits a few months ago so we knew that they kind of were going to bring it back anyway but they only officially renewed it this week but what they have done is given us a bit of background because it's an anthology series that uh, what the new season will entail they've said it's set in the years 1844 it follows an idealistic small town preacher played by daniel radcliffe who teams up with a wanted outlaw played by Steve Buscemi and a liberated prairie wife played by Geraldine Viswanathan to lead a wagon train west on the Oregon Trail across the American landscape which much like today is fraught with both promise and peril is the setup for it I adored the first two seasons of this I'm very much looking forward to this one as I mentioned they uh, got California tax credits so they're filming this one in California they filmed the previous couple in Czech Republic but uh, obviously with the pandemic and everything and uh, you know the fact that they got tax credits for it they're moving it to california this time around it also kind of makes sense given that that's the setting for it i mean why would you film anywhere other than california if you tried to film or somewhere in america if you tried to film the american old west so but have, have you watched any of these i just did not find it funny the first season really? I remember, yeah i remember around the time i was watching it uh, and I, I remember doing an episode and i just couldn't get into it it was around the time sky comedy launched i remember i went to try lots of them mm. i just remember just watching it just completely stony face and i was like i'm i'm not laughing should i be laughing and uh you know so unfortunately it was not my cup of tea yes there you go different humor different, for everybody humor, yeah. so. <laughs> but uh, yeah no i find that absolutely hilarious that show so uh, i'm very happy that's back pickups and advanced air dates there's a few coronavirus things that have been monkeying around with uh, release dates and stuff cbs have announced that the start dates for seal team fbi fbi most wanted and bull the new seasons of all those are starting in november on cbfs in the us that's good news i would expect not to see most of those until 2021 over here but they are now back i mean they've done very very well with all those because traditionally most of those started late september early october so they've done incredibly well to turn those around to only being a few weeks behind i think yeah. so i'm very happy to have those at least returning in the u.s previously announced as returning chicago's gray's station 19 all the ncis's young sheldon good doctor and the blacklist are all back in the u.s in november we don't know about the uk yet but in the u.s they're all back in november cw shows including the arrowverse and riverdale 911 911 lone star prodigal son and the resident are all january in the u.s again we don't know uk air dates for those but uh, just to give you an idea of how things have shifted around with those US shows that you may be following. Those are all the when they return in America because they've all been shifted about because of the pandemic. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of all the Chicago's. Uh, apart from PD, I watched the other two. Uh, right. Grey's, absolutely. Uh, CW shows, uh, The Flash, obviously The Supergirl um, and uh, Legends and also the new one. Uh, 
and nine one one as well. I'm not sure if I can get through to season two of Prodigal Son. I'm still crawling through season one. <laughs> I am enjoying it. It's just fun. I like the characters, and uh, I love Michael Sheen in that as well. He's, he's good fun. So uh, yeah, I am enjoying that. In terms of some of the Sky things, actually, they did just today drop a sort of update of things that are arriving in December. So there's a few sort of Christmas shows which we've talked about before. There's a Roland Beatrix, The Case of the Curious Mouse, which is um, Dawn French, Jessica Hyde's Rob Brydon. And it's about this relationship between Beatrix Potter and Roald Dahl, who was a very young boy at the time. And a sort of historical retelling of, of their uh, their sort of meeting. So there's that. There's uh, After Ever After, Jack and the Beanstalk, which is uh, basically the same thing he did, what was Cinderella, wasn't it? I think he did last year. That's David Williams and uh, they're doing Jack and the Beanstalk this year. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a Christmas thing. Mickey Flanagan peeping behind the curtain, which is a, a thing that followed him around on his last tour. There is a Christmas special for League of Their Own, one for There's Something About Movies. Russell Howard apparently has got a Christmas special this year as well and The Simpsons have got Christmas specials so there's all those to look forward to. In terms of regular shows, Euphoria has got two special standalone episodes coming before the next proper season. They're going to be coming out, or at least the first one of those is definitely coming out over Christmas. A new show pickup, which we weren't entirely sure was going to land here, but uh, Moonbase 8, which stars John C. Riley, Fred Armiston and Tim Heidecker as three astronauts that are stationed on the NASA Moonbase simulator in a remote part of the Arizona desert and uh, uh, they're kind of incompetent and they're full of self-doubt and loneliness and they're sort of stuck in the simulator, but they're trying to prove that they are the people that NASA should pick to go to the moon next. So uh, it looks very, very funny. It's a Showtime series in the US, but they have announced that that's coming to Sky Comedy in December in the UK. So that's one to look out for. Uh, for Life, which is a drama about a prisoner who starts to become a lawyer and a sort of legal advocate for other prisoners and other inmates as well, fighting to overturn various life sentences. That looks really, really solid. Uh, Nicholas Pinnock, I think, is the lead in it. And um, it looks really, really good. It's called For Life. It's coming on to Sky Witness in December as well. Don't know exactly when yet. We just know December for that. NCIS LA and Magnum PI, which are all part of that whole same universe thing, they've both been announced for December, although I rather suspect they're going to be very, very, very late December because they usually are. They've also announced a bunch of other things which are going to show up in 2021. So no exact air dates, just these are things which we have lined up for 2021. So Discovery of which is we know that is coming back I think that is January that uh, but things like Brassic Season 3 Hitmen Season 2 Intelligence Season 2 Bulletproof Season 3 Breeder Season 2 which was great uh, Coke 404 Season 2 Cobra Season 2 Temple Season 2 there's a new show called Intergalactic which is a new sci-fi series that Sky are doing which looks really interesting Avenue 5 Season 2 Prodigal Son Season 2 they're all coming to Sky 1 you've got the next 
Nevers, which is the new Joss Whedon show. That's coming to Sky Atlantic. Britannia season three, zero, zero, zero. Devils, Dominion, which is a new Sky show about the era of Julius Caesar, but told from the women's point of view, which looks really interesting. Succession season three as well. Kirby Enthusiasm season 11 as well. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is coming. Anything particular that you're, you're interested in out of that lot? I was listening for your seasons of some of those comedies, um, Hitmen, Breeders, and I also watched the the drama Bulletproof, so I'm really glad that those are coming back as well. I'm not sure about intelligence. Again, we go back to what our humour tastes are like. Mm. I, I tried watching that. I, I love David Schwimmer, but did not find it funny. Yeah, that didn't land with me particularly well either. Um, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't great. I'm very interested to see Avenue 5 season two because I think there is potential for that to be a lot better than the first season. And I enjoyed the first season, but it wasn't quite up to the level that I've expected from Armando Iannucci. And I, I would like to see him kick that up a little gear, you know. So uh, I've, I enjoyed that, I, but I, I'm very interested to see where it goes with season two. Breeders, I thought, again, is one of my top comedies of the year. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. I need to go and watch the rest of Code 404 because I did enjoy that, but it just got away from me. And as a huge Joff Whedon's fan, I'm looking forward to the Nevers turning up whenever that does turn up, but we don't know when yet. A couple of other bits of coronavirus news. Reagan, which is Ronald Reagan biopic, which was filming in Oklahoma starring Dennis Quaid. That's been uh, shut down for a few days because one of the crew tested positive. And uh, the release date for Ghostbusters Afterlife has been moved from March to June 11th, 2021. Are you looking forward to a new Ghostbusters movie? It looks really interesting what they're doing with this. I think the trailer was really interesting. I love Paul Rudd in anything he does, so I probably will be watching it. But then, you know, I'm one of these rare people that didn't mind the female remake. I understood what they were doing with it and I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, So yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Um, I'd like to see the twist on it and see how they're taking it. Yeah, because rather than trying to be a remake of it, the premise of this is using, it looks to be using the original Ghostbusters as history and the strapline for it says a single mum and her two kids who arrive in a small town begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and a secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So presumably their grandfather is is one of the original Ghostbusters. But um, that's all they've really released about it in that little trailer. But it does look fascinating. I'm really intrigued by that film. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. But June 11th, 2021, they've now said that is uh, landing. A couple of uh, bits of air date information Spitting Image is getting a two-part election special. As we know, it's on BritBox at the moment, as we talked about previously. But the first part of that election special is going to air on ITV as well on the 31st of October. And uh, it's going to be airing on ITV at 10pm. Part two will only air on BritBox. But at least for those of you that are interested to see what the new Spitting Image is like, you can get a little taste of it on there, which I think is is good. I am really enjoying it because I got BritBox purely to be able to watch this and I've, I've been really enjoying it. I don't have BritBox but my friend does and we've been planning to but we just get caught up in other things and uh, Taskmaster came back so we watched that instead and right. we will watch it but we'll get around to it another time I think. Yeah, I have been really 
enjoying it. It's very funny. In terms of some pickups, West Wing seasons one to seven, so that's all of them, is uh, are landing Wednesday, the 21st of October on all four, along with One Tree Hill seasons one to nine. So that's all seasons of that on uh, the 30th of October. They're coming to all four as well. Uh, West Wing, I've, if you've never seen it, is one of the best TV shows ever made and is well, well worth watching and working your way through. I've never seen One Tree Hill. I don't know whether that was one you've ever caught, but it's not one I, I've watched. No, it was a, it was around university. So I remember people in my university used to watch One Tree Hill instead of Dawson's Creek when that went away. And I know Dawson's Creek is right. uh, coming to Netflix soon as well. Yeah. Uh, but no, never watched One Tree Hill. I know they had the song that everyone talks about um, yeah. and sings, but yeah, no, I won't be watching that one either. Yeah, no. West Wing, definitely though. If you've not seen the West Wing, watch the West Wing. It's absolutely superb. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the fourth and final season Netflix announced today that that will be coming on the 31st of December. So if you want something other than watching fireworks on New Year's Eve, there you go. You can watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina for the last time. So uh, that'll be the final part of that. On to other news. Uh, ITV have ordered a Yorkshire Ripper drama from the producers of Dez. So uh, they did White House Farm and they did Dez. They're now ordered uh, what is currently being referred to as the Yorkshire Ripper, although that is only a working title. They may change that from New Pictures in association with uh, all three media who are the people that were involved in Desmond White House Farm. As you would expect, the drama depicts one of the most notorious and shocking serial killer cases in the world, the hunt for Pete Sutcliffe, who was dug the Yorkshire Ripper between October 1975 and January 1981. Police undertook the biggest manhunt in British criminal history. The search for Sutcliffe lasted five years, involved a thousand officers and changed the way British police work forever. One of the things that when you read through the rest of this uh, press release that they said, one of the things that stands out a lot is I I think they got uh, some criticism about glorifying serial killers and they've really, really got out of their way to make the point that they are focusing with this series very much on the families and the effect it had on the families of the victims and the police officers involved. And they are coming at it from that point of view, not just glorifying the serial killer themselves, which is always a danger when you're doing something like this. But certainly that's what says it kind of points to in the press release. We'll have to see where it actually lands. But I'm really interested in it partly because one of the screenwriters is George Kay, who is co-creator of Criminal, the absolutely superb Netflix series, which is all set in a interrogation room. Uh, He's the co-creator of that, so I'm really interested to see how he handles this as a sort of real-life thing. Um, Did you watch Dez or or White House Farm? I I watched Um, Dez. I did watch White House Farm. I really enjoyed it. I I liked the structure of it and uh, the story, and I do remember reading some of the articles then about are we glorifying this serial killer? Um, But I really like that. I haven't quite watched Dez yet. I do plan to. It is on my long list. Um, I just don't know when I'm going to get around to do it. Dez is well worth watching. And I, I did enjoy Dez. I didn't see White House Farm, but um, it may be one that I go back and look at at some point. But they've got a solid person behind it. No casting or anything like that for it yet, but because uh, they've only just announced it. But I, I'd be interested to see how they approach that. That will be the latest one in their sort of serial killer series that ITV appears to be developing at the moment. <laughs> um, on a rather lighter note, there is a Smokey and the Bandit TV series in development, apparently. Are you aware of the Smokey and the Bandit? 
Bandit movies because I'm acutely aware that these are sort of 70s, 80s things. And uh, I remember them because they were always shown on TV when I was a kid, but I don't know. No, I mean, I remember my dad referring to him. My dad was a big fan of uh, Westerns and Burt Reynolds and that. So, um, right. but no, they've never, ever come onto my radar. Okay. So, Smokey and the Bandit, for those that you d- don't know, it was a series of movies that starred Burt Reynolds and Sally Fields and Jackie Gleason and Jerry Reed. The first movie revolved around Bo Bandit Darville, who was Burt Reynolds' character, and Cletus Snowman Snow, who was played by Reed. They were bootleggers and they were trying to illegally transport 400 cases of beer from Texas to Georgia. Snowman was the guy that drove the beer truck and the bandit drove this Pontiac Trans Am, which was a way of distracting and making the cops chase after him so the truck could get away. That was the sort of setup for it. It was fun and very silly, and there was often sort of races and stuff involved, and uh, there was stupid amount of stunts. It was just a gloriously fun and uh, silly kind of 70s film franchise. The strapline for the new possible potential TV series is an epic adventure of family, small-town crime, unlikely heroes, legend and legacy. Inspired by the genres of the 70s and 80s driving double feature, the series will explore the crossroads where humble realities meet those larger than life, all in the blast of a tailpipe exhaust. Is the what they're saying with it? Series has been written by David Gordon Green, who is probably best known for reviving the Halloween franchise randomly, most recently, and uh, Brian Sides, who worked on the series Series that David Gooden Green created called Good Vibes, which is an adult animated show. Green's also worked on Vice Principles and Righteous Gemstones with Danny McBride. He's also directed Pineapple Express and Your Highness as well. So it gives you some idea of the type of humour it's probably going to end up being because he's somebody that's worked with Danny McBride quite a lot. And when you put it into that context, I can see where they're potentially going with it. It's also got Seth MacFarlane involved with his production company as producers as well. Danny McBride, some of his things have really appealed to me lately. Uh, Vice Principles I liked and The Righteous Gemstones, which I watched late in the game, but really started to enjoy it. So I'm not sure. I will. Uh, it depends what's on my plate by the time it gets released. Yes. Well, if it gets released, I mean, that's the thing. It is in development at the moment. There's no network attached, although it's in development at UCP and UCP is part of NBC Universal which means it's technically the same company as Sky and the same company as NBC in the US. So it, that's probably where it's going to land if it does actually go forward anywhere. I mean, it's an interesting one. It's not something that I would have seen as a TV series, but um, we'll have to see whether that turns up or not. And lastly, there is a Willow TV series in the works uh, with Warwick Davis set to return as the titular character. Um, so a lot of 80s nostalgia kicking around <laughs> this week. So legendary Warwick Davis returning to the magical world of George Lucas's Willow in another epic fantasy adventure set in the age of sword, sorcery, myths and monsters. If you don't know Willow and have not seen the original movie, it is a beautiful film. Warwick Davis's Willow Offgood, a young farmer and conjurer who discovers a baby girl in a reed basket near a river. What he doesn't know at the time is the baby's supposed to fulfill a prophecy which would see the downfall of the evil sorcerer's queen and has been smuggled away by a midwife to keep her safe, much to the anger of the queen. With the help of a mercenary played 
by Val Krilmer and a warrior played by Joanna Whaley. Willow embarks on a quest to take the child to safety. The new series is set to take place years after the events of the original film, introduces new characters to the enchanted realm of fairy queens and two-headed monsters and welcomes back its namesake hero Willow, once again played by Warwick Davis. The pilot is going to be directed by John M. Chu, who did Crazy Rick's Asians and In the Heights, and uh, he's serving along as his producer alongside Jonathan Kasdan, who's the person behind Solo, who wrote the pilot, and Wendy Mercical, who uh, worked on Arrow. He's uh, one of the Belanti people i think so yeah i'm i'm really interested to this because i adore warwick he's hilarious and very funny and i've interviewed him a couple of times he's great willow was he's such a lovely film as well i don't know whether you know this franchise at all i know of it i've heard of it and i know that's how warwick became famous and i've seen him interviewed and talk about it a lot i'm not sure it fully appeals to me it probably is just a little bit too much of the fantasy sci-fi that i don't really get drawn into but um again another nostalgic show they're bringing back it's definitely where they're they're getting all their creative ideas at the moment, isn't it? Yes. First non-Star Wars piece of storytelling for Lucasfilm since 2015, apparently. Wow. So it's the first time they've stepped outside Star Wars in quite a while. I'm very interested in this. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they found a way of doing it, keeping, you know, they're not just trying to remake something. They're keeping it with, you know, it's an extension of the original, which is definitely a way to do it. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I, I think that could be interesting. One of the quick little story that popped up today, there is a live action Adams Family series in the works now you're aware of the Adams Family I'm sure yeah I am yes yes and if there were, <laughs> if you wanted one director who was going to make a TV series out of it who else would you pick than Tim Burton Alex? oh god yes <laughs> so uh, I mean obviously you know I think everybody knows the Adams Family set up sort of macabre interest family with kind of some supernatural abilities you've got the Gomez and Morticia and the creepy kid Wednesday and her older brother as well who she likes to torture a lot and Uncle Fester and you know so you know the setup for it uh, there have yep. been lots of different variations of this started out in 1938 as a one panel cartoon gag thing for the New Yorker that's where it originally started but there have been two live action TV series one in the 60s one in the 90s animated series in the 70s and the 90s there was a CGI animated version which went down quite well last year and there is another sequel to that which is due out in 2021 you've also got the very famous film versions in the 90s which was Angelic and Hudson and Christopher Lloyd and Christina Ricci and all those people. So a lot of people, it's been kind of remade time and time again. But I think if you're going to make a TV series of this, if you want anybody to do it, you want Tim Burton to do it because he's just the perfect fit. I'm surprised that he hasn't kind of come across this already. What is interesting is what they're saying is the way that they're actually talking about doing it is to set it in present times and from the perspective of Wednesday Adams as what the world looks like to her in 2020, which seems like an interesting way to approach it. I mean, presumably the rest of the family is going to be there as well. But uh, I think that's an interesting, slightly different way of looking at it, possibly, if you go to kind of do it and come at it from an angle. I go through it in lots of history. Like I remember watching it on BBC two when I was younger. Yes. I remember the first movies. Haven't sort of picked up on the latest iterations, but if you're going to bring it to the screen again, you've got to try and do a different approach 
approach and spin on it, I think if you just uh, reproduce the same sort of structure, it's not going to appeal and you're probably going to have people turn off. So, you know what, if you're going to take a different approach, hopefully it works. It still holds some of the, the bits that we really like and really enjoy. And yeah, let's see it. Tim Burton, he'll have it thematically and stylistically all set up, won't he? So yeah, get some good script writers on board and I'm sure it'll all go to plan. Yeah, well, the, the script writers involved in it are Alfred Goff and Miles Miller, who were probably best known for Smallville, actually, more than anything else. But they also did Into the Badlands and Shinara Chronicles as well. Shinara Chronicles was an interesting little show. And I know there was a lot of fans of Into the, Into the Badlands as well. And I enjoyed Smallville. So I think they're a solid writing partners. It seems slightly outside their wheelhouse, possibly, but that's OK. I'm prepared to, to see what they do with it. And, um, you know, Burton himself, he's, he's also on to direct and EP as well. So he's going to have a lot of control over the project. Assuming he signs on, they haven't actually fully necessarily signed him yet, but he's in talks to do it. We'll have to see where it lands. It, there's no broadcaster attached to it at the moment. It's been developed by MGM TV, who are the rights holders for the Adams Family IP, apparently. We'll have to see whether it lands anywhere, if it comes anywhere. But uh, yes, that I thought was interesting. That is in development as well. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move to some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. And we've got quite a lot, actually, starting next week. Uh, Blind Spot, finally, the fifth and final season of that, is coming to Sky Witness on the 28th of October at 9pm. I'm looking forward to seeing how that ends. We've got This Is Us, season five, starting on the 28th of October as well. That's on Amazon Prime and is going out the day after it goes out in the US for the first time, which, given what a huge show it is, is a really surprise that it's only now, in its fifth season, it's actually getting a next day broadcast in the UK but uh, that I'm very happy that that is is airing uh, Mr. In Between which is an Australian crime comedy written and starring Scott Ryan that's coming to Fox UK on the 29th of October at 10pm so watch out for that it looks quite funny Max which is about a formerly famous boy band member whose star has faded and is trying to sort of get back into the limelight to win back his supermodel ex-girlfriend that originally launched on E4 it's now coming to Channel 4 on the 29th of October at 10pm so you can catch that there The Mandalorian returns for its second season on Disney Plus on the 30th of October I'm hugely excited about that I've seen just little clips and bits and pieces of it and it looks brilliant even just for that Truth Seekers starts on Amazon Prime on the 30th of October as well so you've got that to catch up over there and that is well worth worth watching When the Heart Calls sixth season of that turns up on Netflix on the 31st then over on Fox on the 1st of November you have Perfect Harmony which is the church choir comedy we mentioned a few times starring Bradley Whitford which looks like it could be quite funny and uh, I mean it was never going to last more than a season in America but I think a British audience might gain some appreciation for that Godfather of Harlem which is a crime drama starring Forrest Whitaker it's based on a, on a true life character called Bumpy Johnson that comes to start playing on the 1st of November then Baskets the fourth season of that comes to Fox on the 2nd of November and Black Friday second season of that comes to Sky Comedy that's on the 3rd of November at 9pm which is the uh, show starring John Cheadle about the infamous 
80s stock market crash. It's a very funny dark comedy, that one as well. So uh, that's everything for this week. I think there's enough there for you to be getting on to watch. Definitely, definitely lots in there. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Uh, over on Twitter, they can follow at Grey the Geek, uh, either seeing me complain about consumer issues or occasionally putting some information on there about TV programs that I'm watching. Cool. So go and find Grey out there. And uh, if you want to check out anybody else involved with the podcast, you can find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E, who is streaming daily and uh, various evenings over on there. She's very funny. Go and check that out. You can also get Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for an awful lot more podcasts. And uh, we're doing Walking Dead stuff over there and stuff for Breaking Bad as well we've been doing recently. So uh, go and check all that out over on there on entertainmenttalk.org. For us, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and find all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave your message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, or on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.